They've talked, they've trained, and they've postured. Now, no more press conferences. No more early morning runs. No entourages. No rappers. Now it's down to Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather. In a ring, fighting three minutes at a time. Back again, time for Oscar De La Hoya versus Floyd Mayweather, dubbed The World Awaits. Yes, sir. Oscar's WBC Super Welterweight title was up for grabs. This fight took place on Cinco de Mayo 2007, 15 years ago. I believe we were going to a wedding that night. Yes, we were. <laughs> the guy still talks about it, too. <laughs> Crazy to think how much has changed in, in 15 years, both just in terms of boxing and uh you know the, the world in general but 15 years ago so this fight was so long ago that one one thing that was going on that i can tell you that was significant was that this fight landed on the sports illustrated cover yeah. when's the last time you ever heard of somebody caring about being on the sports illustrated cover anymore yeah it's weird um i mean i was just walking through the grocery store that i saw the swimsuit edition but i mean like i'm not like you know, I'm not a kid anymore looking for the sport. Who's on the Sports Illustrated cover anymore? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, the significance was massive back in the day, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So there's that. And then what was the number one movie in May of 2007? Oof. Can you give me a clue? We're, we're anytime one of these movies releases, and it's not Batman, but anytime one of these movies uh, re-releases, it, it hits the top of the charts. Spider-Man. Yep. Spider-Man 3. That one wasn't that good. And, uh, and Avril Lavigne had a number one song at the time. So Wow. Yeah, again, 15 years, man. Yeah. I mean, that fight was something where, like, I feel like everyone was really interested in that fight. I mean, sports fans in general were interested in that fight. I mean, like you said, I mean, we were supposed to go to that wedding, Claude's wedding, and he was really pissed off that we went to watch the fight <laughs> instead of going to his wedding. I mean, we went to the wedding, but, like, we missed like you know the beginning portion of it. Exactly. Um, we were all latecomers. Yeah, but I mean, I just remember like people asking me about the fight, and you know, De La Hoya was such a big star back then. I mean, he was a crossover star. There aren't that many crossover stars anymore in boxing. Yeah, and at least American fighters. He was definitely the name going into the fight. Oh yeah, and they knew that you know, and Floyd just took advantage of that. Floyd took advantage of De La Hoya's celebrity and, you know, kind of used it as a showcase for him. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it was just like magic. You know, yeah. there's so many celebrities there. And it's amazing to think that May is, if you ask people now who's the best pound for pound fighter, May might be one of the first three names that come out of May people's mouths, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, it's just weird. And this was 15 years ago. And this is kind of the tail end of Oscar's career by that point, right? And May 15 years ago was was getting to the top of the mountain. And it's, it's kind of like plateaued. It's not like a mountaintop that you just come right back down. Like May just stayed there. So you're saying that uh, they'll say Mayweather because they don't know other fighters. A little bit of that. But also, if you were to put May back in the ring right now, like with guys at 154, 
You call them May. Money May. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. You put them back in there. Go ahead. Yeah. If you put if you put them back in right now at one fifty four, how many guys are beating them? You know what, man? I don't. I don't. I think he would lose. I think he would lose like quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of guys now. I mean, yeah. there's there's a, there's Earl Spence. There's Terrence yeah. Crawford. You know, those high level skill guys. He would lose to just based on like ability and speed and conditioning. I mean. He just had that exhibition fight where he was like talking <laughs> to the commentators and stuff. Like he didn't look like the old Floyd to me. Like you know what I yeah. mean? Like he's like forty four. Yeah. He'll. I'm sure he would. You know, kick a lot of people's butts. But like the top top guys, I don't know, man. You think he'd have a tough time, huh? Yeah, dude. Okay. Like, those guys are like in their prime. Yeah. You know. Like, Fair enough. Mayweather has this like mystique to him, like a Superman thing. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but like he's older now, dude. Like, you could see, I saw it in his body. Like, even against McGregor, like, he didn't, he just, he beat McGregor, but he wasn't like Arturo Gotti Mayweather yeah. against McGregor. You know, yeah. he took his time. He, was, he wasn't throwing that many combinations. He's getting old, dude. Like, he's old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but to your previous point, I think that people will just, his name will just come up in the conversation when you start talking pound for pound. Just because, like, Maybe they'll talk about like, oh, when he was the champ, this is what happened, or or people just don't know any fighters and they'll just like bring his name up within like a, if they're talking about boxing for like two minutes, one million percent his name's coming up. And I think him being, I mean, social media helps with it, right? But and he hasn't really crossed over. He's not doing movies or music or no. any any of that, right? Yeah. But he's he still managed to stay on the tip of everyone's tongue whenever you're talking about any kind of fighting. He said he never had any endorsements. Never had any endorsements. Nothing. Dude. Just like made money through the fort, through the sport. And I mean, God, I don't know how he made all his money. It's pure boxing. It's like there's that much money in boxing. You know well, he was, but he was also pulling in guys outside of boxing, right? Like there's I me mean, bringing in Connor. That yeah. that's a huge showcase for him. So yeah. I mean, if you look at that as crossover, right? Short of him getting into the MMA ring, he got he pulled Connor in and. I mean, was that the biggest fight, in, at least in our lifetime? Well, it was the second, I think it was the second biggest uh, pay-per-view fight behind Mayweather Pacquiao. Okay. But if you were to, if you were to talk just the hype up about that fight and it being a crossover, that yeah. was massive alone. Oh, yeah. And and Mayweather, to your point, Mayweather's had the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, box offices of any boxer the last, what, 40 years, maybe? Easy. Yeah. Probably ever. Yeah. Yeah. And the most buzz, I would say Tyson, Tyson was capturing everybody's imagination back 30 years ago, 40 right. years ago. Um, Ali and those guys, right? But, I mean, but May literally took the sport over. And I think this fight was that that moment, right? Where he just marked that this sport is mine. Yes. And I'm taking over. Yeah. And I think it was either right after this fight. No, it was right after the Ricky Hatton fight, which was another big event. Uh, he did WrestleMania. There you go. Okay, so maybe, yeah. So maybe he was he was dabbling a little bit in the uh, the crossover at that time. Yeah. He did WrestleMania and um, he fought the big show. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, his other fights after after De La Hoya and Hatton, like, he had, like, Justin Bieber walking him out. Yeah. Little Wayne walking him out. Yeah. Um. I went to the, I think it was the Miguel Cotto Mayweather fight. And, dude, when he entered the ring, he had 
$100 bills, <laughs> like sprinkling from the arena on the top of the arena with his face on it. Incredible. It was sick. Incredible. Everything was like paper, paper, but maybe it was a million dollar bill. I don't know. I still have one, but it was pretty cool. That's awesome. So, yeah, man. And, and May comes into this as the two to one favorite. So, despite Oscar being the name, mm-hmm. May's. They've clearly got the attention of the boxing world and, and Vegas and the oddsmakers. So I, I don't know if, if, you know, the the easy money was, you know, people were thinking, I'm going to put this money on, you know, on, on Oscar because we know Oscar. Or if people were like, oh, man, at that time, May's the up and comer. He's got the shot. Like if you were to put yourself back in, the, in that position, where would you have put your money? Uh, back in 2007? Yeah. Yeah, you have to put the money on Floyd. That's Floyd. I mean, he was still the best fighter out there. He was undefeated. De La Hoya, like, he lost a couple times. And he came back and fought Ricardo Mayorga. And he was taking, like, a year off in between fights. Um, yeah, but it, the odds were close, though. What were they? Uh, two to one. Two to one. Okay. Yeah. And, and one thing that was interesting about this was the, the eyes of the entire sport had shifted, right? The the time of the heavyweights was done. So yes. suddenly the, the Lewis, Tysons, Holyfields, those guys are, are kind of fading out. And then Oscar kind of took the took the reins for a while, being the most popular boxer, I would right. say, for a few years in those like early to mid-2000s. And then it just kind of like left this void for the Mosleys, the Trinidad, the Hopkins, right? Th- those guys were were kind of fading, starting to fade out as well. And then it was time for Floyd and Pac to, to start taking over. Like that that opportunity was there. And Floyd and Pac came along right at the perfect time. Well, here's here's the thing I would say about Mayweather and Pacquiao. They got popular because they beat De La Hoya. Yeah. So if they never fought De La Hoya, there would have been like these boxing hardcore fan badass fighters. Like the Earl Spence, Terrence Crawford type guys. So the thing was with Mayweather is he never gave – those younger guys, an opportunity to beat him. He, he was very calculated and beat the guys that were like in his era. You know, like he only, one of the only guys that he beat was Canelo that was, you know, really young. And you know, a lot of people say that he, Canelo wasn't ready for Mayweather when they fought. And then he also beat Victor Ortiz that was young. Uh, but he never fought like a, a top, like pound for pound, young up-and-coming guy, the way De La Hoya did for Mayweather and Pacquiao. Yeah. And Chavez, Julio Cesar Chavez did for De La Hoya. So there was like a passing of the torch yeah. that Mayweather never did, which could also be why, we, you know, a general sports fan will still bring up his name, you know, because he never gave the other guy a chance. Yeah. And boxing purists still bring that up. Uh-huh. Everyone recognizes Mayweather's greatness. There, there's no questioning that. Yep. But as soon as you say his name to anybody who's watched, you know, more than just the the two, three huge fights of the year, that's the like the second or third thing that they'll say is, but he never, but he never, right? It's it's always the but yeah. that comes right after that. Fought Pacquiao too late, but this, but that. Yeah, Canelo too early. He didn't fight right. So, but then if you if you ask, but if you look at the the list of fighters, you'll say, okay, well. He fought all these guys, and it's just well the timing. He was he was a master of timing when yes. he fought guys. Yeah, and credit to him. I mean, he he leveraged it, and and I mean he's you know worth however much he's worth, and had all this success. But his timing was always impeccable, right? Which is, I mean, 
a testament to his boxing. Yeah. His timing's always been the best, you know? Yeah. His defense was always the best. He was always the smartest businessman when it came to the sport and the smartest, like, like you said, like, pick the right fighters at the right time type of guy, which is genius. And he, he did, again, as he's tailing in the boxing end of it, right, in terms of fighting, I don't say legit boxers, but yeah, legit boxers, guys that had, had proven their worth in the ring. And then towards the end, then he was like, all right, I'll entertain this fight with Connor, and that'll be, you know, the, what was it, the 50th fight or 49th fight? 50th, 50th fight. fight, right? Yeah. So he, again, he just timed all that perfectly. Amazing. His payday with, with Pacquiao, maybe he fought Pacquiao a couple years earlier than that. Pacquiao could have still been at the top of his game, too. Because yes. there was a little bit of decline by the time he got to Mayweather. So I think, again, he he waited it out, built up this bank, and then was just able to to take advantage with those last few fights. Even now when he does these exhibitions in Dubai or wherever, right? It's it's all a spectacle, and he's he's getting paid off of it. So you right. can't be mad at him for that. Right. Other guys, you know, the older heavyweights that we remember, they were fighting well past their prime, taking on huge – I mean, you know, Ali fighting uh, – uh, Oh, Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes. Like, come on, man. Like, you know, it, it's it's terrible to watch that fight. <laughs> right. But the buildup was real, right? Like, everybody was still on board. And he's fighting this top contender. And it was like, maybe by that time, Ali should have been doing the exhibitions, right? Right. Fighting Thunderlips or, you know, yeah. whatever. Some kind of, like, random exhibition, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, it could be. And also another reason why it could be uh, Mayweather was his own promoter. You know, he didn't have anyone else telling him what to do. So maybe these older fighters that we're talking about from older like other eras, you know, they needed the money, they needed the paydays from the promoters. So that's why they challenged themselves against the younger guys. And Mayweather never did. Yeah. So And something about the way TV changed everything. Right? Uh back in the day there was still pay per view, but the way the way HBO boxing and then um, all these other outlets started popping up. It gave just more visibility to these guys yes. than some of these other boxers had. Um, at that time, the heavyweights were, I mean, for 100 years, heavyweights were the guys that everybody knew. Right. And then suddenly just this opportunity to watch these guys as they're coming up on you know, Friday Night Fights or Boxing After Dark or whatever. Like You started to learn some of these other boxers, and an everyday guy could just start following the sport. You didn't have to be in Philadelphia and go to the, the gym to watch or – um, some like small event at, at you know Madison Square Garden or whatever. Like you you could you could start watching all these fights and consuming it. And I think boxing just kind of opened up again. Perfect timing for Mayweather, where he could he could get in and be seen a lot earlier and a lot more often than some of these other guys were. There was more of a budget, like a television budget for these fights. You know, like like you said, the USA Network. ESPN at the Friday Night Fights, HBO and Showtime were competing on pay-per-view and regular TV. Like I read this article, and I wish I pulled it up, but Bob Arum said that his contract with ESPN, I'm probably butchering half of this, <laughs> but he said that uh, for the year, ESPN pays less for boxing than it does for one Monday Night Football game. So they're thinking like, yeah, I'll, I'll get a contract with boxing and have some like you know regular TV time that instead of like you know putting on fishing or whatever. And in Bob Arum's mind, he's thinking like, yeah, well, I get exposure, so it makes sense. But back in the day, even the De La Hoya era, the Mayweather era, the 2007, and even a little bit after that, there was all these different outlets. And nowadays, we don't really have that. So 
It's a lot more limited. Yeah, it is. And it's challenging. I think HBO leaving the sport hurts. really, really hurt. Yeah. It hurt. It still hurts. I think Showtime's done a good job of kind of picking up some of those pieces, but it just doesn't feel the same. I agree. It's just like, I mean, I'll go back and watch some of these like previews and 24-7s and stuff, and I'm just like, wow, like production and Lampley and Max Kellerman, Larry Merchant. It was just, it was just class. Yeah. And All the way around. Yeah. I mean, not to say these other companies don't have that, but yeah, there was just like something about HBO that had a stamp on it. Yeah, there's something missing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, it's a perfect segue to what I wanted to get into next, which is this was the first 24-7 for HBO Sports. That's right. It was focused on this fight. And I think it left an indelible mark uh, in, in my mind, but I, I know so many other people because when I think of 24-7, I remember this specific 24-7 <laughs> and, and how significant it was because it was it was truly the first opportunity to get inside and, and see how the fighters prepared for the fights, be alongside of them when they're doing their training camp. Granted, they're only showing you so much, but still even that, it was just, there just wasn't that before this. Right. And so um, I think HBO Sports has stopped the 24-7s. I haven't really seen much. They did some like hockey and college football versions recently. And there's other iterations now. HBO's or um, ESPN's doing a bunch of stuff. Um, but something again about HBO Sports taking over and the production level is just, it's its unmatched. I feel like HBO doesn't really do sports anymore, does it? I mean, Not they, much. Yeah, they do real sports that, that show. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't really seen much sports on HBO. But, yeah, those 24-7s were, especially the De La Hoya and Mayweather ones, they were magic. I mean, they kind of got run down after a while because every fight had a 24-7. But if you go back and look at them, it's sort of like, yeah. It was just perfectly done. Yes. And so it gives us a glimpse at training. And for me, going back and watching it again, the trainers really stole the show. Mayweather, uh, Roger Mayweather. Yeah. yeah. Roger Mayweather, Floyd Sr. being involved a little bit. Right. And then also, obviously, with, with Freddie Roach. I, I didn't know much about Freddie Roach prior to this. Uh-huh. And so being able to watch that and his routine and his story, he, he became a household name after this. It was sort of like the real world. You know, yeah. It was like this, like, it's like uh, drama like unfolding in front of us, but it was real life. And yeah, they built a lot of characters with the 24 sevens. I mean, but it came to a point where like you're starting to learn about the cut man and, and you know, the sparring partners, which was awesome. But you know, you can also see like the everyday life of the families and all that. And Mayweather said that he invented that show, which I don't know if that's totally accurate. I don't know about that either, but <laughs> I mean, he could probably take claim to that, and I, I don't know anybody else who would uh, be able to to do that. I mean, he ele- again, he elevated that show even because again, Oscar. I feel like if you watch it, Oscar's camp is interesting because of Freddie, right? And you get to learn about Freddie, and he's got Shane Mosley as a sparring partner. He's uh, it's intensity. Yeah, he's yeah. he's bringing you know Tito Trinidad in, and right, right. like who, who by the way looked a little Fat. looked a little fat, <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, you know, then, then, but the but the intrigue though of Floyd's camp again stole stole the show a little bit because now there's his father being in the mix right. and having trained Oscar in the past, and then Oscar kind of pushing him aside so that he could take on the, to Freddie to train him, right? Right. And then now Floyd Senior's kind of like a, a man with no army. He's he's in between both camps, 
And so he's just kind of like lingering around the periphery of, of Floyd's camp, right? While his brother, Roger, is now training training Floyd. That must have been just the cra- – I mean, how you- – Demoralizing, about- right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner that year must have been interesting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Floyd Mayweather Sr., who was training De La Hoya for like five years at the time, asked for like $2 million to continue to train De La Hoya to fight his son. But De La Hoya turned him down and only offered him maybe like three to four, 400000 or so. Uh, and then also pretty much said that, you know, I don't feel comfortable fighting you, fighting your son while you're training me. And to your point, like, you know, he just uh, unfortunately put Floyd Sr. out in the wilderness, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was definitely uh, a, definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, one thing I, that was also a lot more apparent and, and something that we've seen since is just how hard Floyd works too. I mean, Oscar obviously was working his ass off for this fight, right. but Floyd, I mean, jogging in the middle of the night and working out, you know, he's doing three days and he's showing up whenever he wants to work out. It's things you never see. Yeah. Just things that are like, like the 24 seven just showed us that you don't really expect from athletes. You know, you just think like, okay, like, you know, they're going to fight and they're training really hard, but we don't see the day-to-day. Like, you showing up to work, right? You show up to the office, you have your cup of coffee. Like, no, these guys are literally 24-7. They're focused on their fight. Yeah. And and to be at that level, you have to be – every moment is, is about boxing. What you're putting in your body, how you're, you know, how you're thinking about training, who you're interacting with. Right. Did you uh, rewatch the fight recently? Yeah. What did you score it? I did score it. I've got a score towards the end of it. Did you want to get into that now? Yeah. Of <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Well, I remember uh, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it like you know in the last like week or so, but I watched it maybe like a few weeks ago. And in the beginning, like right before the fight starts, Larry Merchant goes, "Let's all pray that we get Hagler Leonard or Leonard Hearns." So this is like feeling of, man, we like I hope this fight saves boxing. I hope it's not a dud. But, I mean, I thought the fight was great. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, What was your score then? I scored it 8-4 for Mayweather. Okay. It was 4-4 going into the eighth round. I'm going into the ninth round. Uh, and I think I wanted it to be closer because I've scored this fight a few times. I've scored it 9-3 for Mayweather, and I've also scored it 8-4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I might have given... Oscar De La Hoya, like one of the middle rounds just to make it close. But, you know, it just shows that towards the end of the fight that De La Hoya is just tired. Yeah. And he can't really keep up. And I thought that, you know, Mayweather was, if they fought 10 times, he would have won 10 times. Just based on conditioning and stamina and, you know, honestly, defense. Yeah. So before... And obviously Floyd wins this fight. Um, before I give you my score, so it was a split decision. Yes. So one judge had it 115-113 De La Hoya. Another judge had it 115-113 Mayweather. And then 116-112 Mayweather. So that was that. Letterman had it 116-112. Mayweather? So not, yeah. I think that's what I had. That's 8-4. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not far off. And then I had it 115, 113 Floyd. I think the same. I think I probably just gave a few a few of the earlier rounds to uh, 
uh, to Oscar, but there, there were there were a couple of rounds that could have gone either way for sure. Right. So let's. I want to. I want to back up a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, where, like, what the, a little bit more about just like the intrigue of the fight, right? Because the build up to the fight, you're starting to see more and more of these guys' personalities start peaking. Right, both on the show, like you suddenly see Floyd Mayweather is positioning himself to be the bad guy, right? Like he's he's taking over like that persona of his uncle Roger had, right? With right. the Black uh, Mamba. Black Mamba, right, right, wearing sombreros coming into the ring and all of that, right? Just kind of like giving it back to the the crowd. Yep. And so I think that was the first time that people were like, okay, Floyd's the villain. Like I'm, I'm turning this on because he's Darth Vader. And then, you know, Oscar's this, you know, guy on the, the white horse or whatever. And, and, but I feel like both guys at, at various times of their career have been seen as the bad guy, right? Floyd for, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm the black hat guaranteed that like, that's it. Oscar though was always positioning himself as the clean cut guy. Right. And those guys are hard to root for too. Yeah. Especially when it comes to Mexican boxers, right? right? That was that was the issue that he ran into with with his fight leading uh, leading up to his fight with Julio Cesar Chavez. Yes. So, I don't know. I mean, which which guy was was you know, more likable? It, it's hard to say, right? Well, I think uh yeah. I mean, I think they they both have elements of both of feelings of dislike and likeness. You know, I think, you know, not to speak for, you know, the Mexican boxing fans, but there was this stigma about Oscar that, you know, he was an, an American fighter trying to be a Mexican. Whereas, you know, the Mexican boxing fans that loved uh, Julio Cesar Chavez, you know, they loved his pride about Mexico. And, you know, De La Hoya used to speak English in his interviews. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of Mexican fighters with pride would not speak English during their interviews. So it was just, I think he had a dislike to him because he was clean cut, pretty boy sang songs. Like he had a Grammy song or Grammy nominated song and all the girls liked him. And he didn't have this like tough guy look with the, with Mayweather. He was arrogant, showed off and, you know, flashed a lot of money. So definitely diametrically opposed in terms of how they approached their personality and how everybody saw them uh, leading up to the fight. Right. This was, I mean, the, the, the biggest fight of the year, obviously. Right. Um, it's going to be on HBO pay-per-view. How much you think the fight cost? 2007, 50 bucks, 55. Ooh. Okay. So this fight set the record for pay-per-view buys, uh, for a boxing match. It was 2.4 million households beat the previous record of 1.99 million. Wow. For Lewis. No. Uh, Holyfield Tyson? Holyfield Tyson, too. Wow. The bite fight. The bite fight. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they generated a, a close to $140 million for the pay-per-view, which was broken easily by Mayweather and Pacquiao. $400 million, $4.6 million pay-per-view, uh, household pay-per-view buys. And then uh, they said that Oscar earned $25 million for this fight. Uh, I'm sorry. Mayweather earned 25 million for the fight. Oscar earned 52. Wow. Um, was that the MGM Grand? 16,500 people. And if you watch it, like how shitty compared to what we have with uh, with T-Mobile Arena now, right? 
I mean, there's still fights at the MGM Grand. Yeah, but compared to T-Mobile? No, it's nothing compared. Technology and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lampley did reference the state of, of boxing limited the fight to an indoor arena, um, but Merchant mentioned how many million people were ordering the fight at home. So I'm not sure if it was just uh, you know boxing being considered on the downswing at that time. Huh. But again, this fight drew the most the most views. Well, there was this this feeling of you know this fight is in the spotlight of the sports world, and we really hope this is a great fight. So I think that's why they were Lampley and Merchant were saying those types of things. You know, like because when you're a hardcore boxing fan, you just want it to be like embraced by every television station and you want everyone to love boxing and like this was our chance to have like you know celebrities watch the fight and talk about it all right so let's let's talk about the pedigree of the fighters and, and how they came up i'd say both were similar in terms of their rise right they came up through juniors both destined the box uh, olympic medalists yep um both had families that were in boxing but different parts of the country you know, uh, I think, well, Mayweather family, you know, were hard, all, you know, traditional boxers that, you know, came up through the streets of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I think Delahoya's dad was a boxer. Yeah. I could be wrong. But, you know, he put his whole family in the boxing too. Yeah. So when, I mean, when we were talking about how Oscar wasn't as embraced by the Mexican community as, as maybe we would have expected to, right? I mean, came in like from like, uh, from East LA, right? Right. And types of fights that he was in were what we would call Mexican style fights too. I agree. Some of them were like brutal fights, just guys, you know, throwing, uh, for, for 12 rounds straight. So it's not like he just came up, you know, uh, Floyd's fighting style is completely opposed or diametrically opposed to what you would expect out of a Mexican fight. Right. So, you know, in terms of his style, Oscar should have been embraced by that community a lot sooner. I think it was his persona, though. He kind of came off as, like, this pretty boy that... The golden boy? The golden boy. You know, the cared about his good looks more than the actual fights. But, I mean, his fights were very action-packed. Like, Ike Corte, when he went for the kill in the 12th round. I mean, yeah. that's just, like, magic. Yeah. And his, you know, the fights that he won, he beat Ike Corte, Vargas, Whitaker... Mayorga, I think the the issue for for uh, for Oscar is the fights that he did lose. Right, he lost to Tito. Yes, he lost twice to Mosley. Twice to Mosley, he lost this fight. Hopkins. Yeah, and then his his biggest moment though had to be beating Julio Cesar Chavez. You think so? I think so, because it put him on the map. It yeah, affirmed who he was. It affirmed mm-hmm. that he was here to stay, and that. You know, there wasn't going to be a Mexican boxer that was going to beat him. Right. That was his throne to take. It was that one and then the Fernando Vargas fun as well. That was like another like Mexican rivalry type fight. But yeah, I mean, he beat Chavez. He was the first one to convincingly beat Chavez on the record books, even though Whitaker really did beat him. And they gave him a draw. And I don't even think that De La Hoya beat Whitaker. So De La Hoya got a lot of gift decisions. They said that you couldn't beat De La Hoya in Las Vegas. Like that was like the thing. Like people thought that he lost to Icorte and Whitaker, but you know, record books say different. Yeah, yeah. What about Floyd? So he came up right '96 Olympics. I think Oscar was '92 Olympics. Right. Um, Floyd, same thing. Bunch of lineal titles. I think Floyd had four 
up to this point. Oscar at three. Um, Floyd worked his way up from featherweight all the way up to welterweight. I feel like Floyd had to win more than Oscar had to win. Like if Floyd lost the fight as he was coming up, he probably wouldn't be, you know, as you know, what's the word I'm looking for? As attractive as a set, as a sell for a promoter. Whereas De La Hoya had you know, the good looks and he had a Mexican fan base behind him. I felt like Mayweather didn't really have a fan base as he was coming up. He was fine on De La Hoya's undercards. Yeah. You know, he was, um, you know, when he did, when he was the main event, you know, he wasn't, you know, selling out the MGM on pay-per-view when he was 22 years old. You know, he was the he was the B side of the Arturo Gotti fight. Exactly. So it took him a longer time to build a fan base, which, and this was the first fight that he became Money Mayweather and became this like villain. And, you know, he he went all in on it, and it worked perfectly. What would you say was his biggest fight leading up to this? Corrales, Gotti. Um, my favorite fight of his. Is the Gotti fight because I've never seen anyone just get destroyed like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my favorite fight. Like I had to, I was gonna write an article about the like the best fight of the early two thousands, two thousand to two thousand ten, and I picked that one. And my editor was like, "I don't know about that." And I'm like, "No, dude, like that was like the most destructive fight ever." But I think that it was the Gotti fight or the Corrales fight. The Corrales fight was probably a little bit more significant because both guys were undefeated and that was like a 50-50 fight going in. The Gotti fight, I mean, Mayweather was like super, was super, like was a favorite. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the, the fights they had leading up to to this one in a second. I just wanted to talk about their styles a little bit. Yeah. So Oscar's just coming forward, right? He's, he's coming right at you. Uh, combo after combo, strong chin. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize he was a, a natural lefty. So that, that hook was just was deadly. Yeah. When you're hitting people with that left. so A lot of fighters that are natural lefties stand orthodox. Andre Ward does that too. Yeah. That's yeah, a, it's a huge, huge advantage. But you he's, in your pocket. he's also a great boxer. You know, he, like, it seems like a come forward only type of fighter, but he was a he was a great boxer, you know, go, coming up. You know, at this when he was fighting Mayweather, he was a little bit older and he had to be a lot more aggressive, but you know, his jab was like one of the best jabs in boxing coming up. I mean, he was pound for pound number 1 at one point. But yeah. yeah. And then coming into this with someone like Floyd who's literally unbeatable. Yeah. With his defense, the shoulder roll, his jabs are just like lightning too. Um you don't see too many guys fighting with that style. I don't think guys can get away with it the way Mayweather did. He just mastered it, right? Yeah, he did. Not, not, not many fighters fought with that style. Yeah. James Tony was another one. Yeah. Tony lost his share of fights, though, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tony, though, man. I love yeah. his fights. Um, but that, that right hand covering up a chin, the left hand covering up his stomach, um, and it just seemed like he would just wear opponents down, similar to this fight, which we'll get into in a second. But. Um, then he would just start lunging over the top with that right. Right. And it was just precision. Yeah. Just punishing guys. Punch after punch. You're like, oh, my God. It's just a destruction. Yeah. It was more frustration, destruction. It frustrated him with the defense and then just yeah. 
and, and he never like it's just like every punch was just like right on the guy's chin or right on the forehead you're like oh my god and every, how much more of this can you watch and every other punch was like barely missing him yeah yeah he knew what he was doing yeah just oh man artwork frustrating <laughs> as, a, as a fan right like if you're just watching boxing you're like oh man this is so frustrating to watch but you go back and you watch with a different lens and you're like this is just artwork well that's why people watched him they wanted to see him lose yeah they wanted to see him get hit and he knew that he knew that people were watching him to lose. So he embraced like the villain side, like you said, and you know, fought all these aggressive guys that just wanted to freaking destroy him. And you know, bounced around him, played tag. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so how we got here. So at this point, Floyd's 37 and 0. He beat Zab Judah the year before. Right. And uh he slowly started dominating that fight. Clear low blow by Judah and then uh, a shot to the back of Floyd's head. And then all hell broke loose. In the ring. During that fight. Round 10. Yeah. Roger yeah. and Leonard Ellerby ran into the ring. Ring fills up with all these bulls, right? There's an entourage and cops and security. It's just, it was just chaos. The craziest thing about that fight was they cleared the ring and then kept going. Right. I don't think I've ever seen that many people in the <laughs> ring. And they're like, all right, let's get this thing going again. I think it was like a 20-minute delay or something. Yeah. Yeah, how'd they do that? Cleared the ring after all that chaos and just kept going? Zab Judah fought a great fight. That was a really good fight. Yeah, his first five rounds or so. Like, I think it was Judah was winning. And then, you know, he couldn't figure out the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he just, just wore him down. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, so Roger was, was suspended by the Boxing Commission before this fight. And then during the 24-7, you actually see his hearing. That's right. Where they reinstate him. Um, and then Oscar uh, uh, Floyd actually had another fight against uh, Baldemir. Yes. In November. So Carlos Baldemir is the guy that beat Zab Judah before. He beat Zab Judah, I think it was uh, January 2006. And then Judah fought Mayweather April of 2006. And then... Mayweather fought Baldemir in November. Yeah. He got into like an argument with Larry Merchant and pretty much destroyed Baldemir. It was like a really boring fight. Yeah. That was, yeah. I went back and watched that. It was not, not a great one, but it, yeah. it was a, you know, kind of a, 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 like a stepping stone to this fight. Right? right. Just kind of like something like a tune up. Yeah. So then now Oscar's coming into this. He's 38 and four. Fight took place in 2007, but Oscar hadn't been doing much fighting. No, he hadn't. So in 04, he lost to Hopkins. Take two years off, beats Mayorga in 06, takes another year off before fighting Mayweather. Yeah. That's not much. He's fighting money fights, dude. Yeah. You know, because after he turned 30, it was just like, you look at his record after he turned, was after he loses to like Mosley, he's like pretty much done. Taking time off, finding these big fights, and... Like, you know, just in and out of the sport. I mean, when he was, like, in his prime, he was fighting a couple, at least two or three times a year, maybe more. So, yeah, which is what Mayweather started doing. Yeah. When he got older. Towards the end, yeah. Yeah. One, one fight a year is, is enough. Yeah. You're fighting September, maybe, or you're fighting Cinco de Mayo. That seems to be, like, the prime fight season for the, for the largest fights that we see. Largest pay-per-views nowadays, at least. Yeah. So, the... Um, uh, initial press conference was was I mean it was a hot crowd I think like the press was hot you know like they were all <laughs> trying to angle and get in there's a lot of shouting going on as you as you watch it 
Uh, both fighters acknowledge how great the other one was. Um, I think Mayweather was was starting to kind of show that like that brash persona where he was he was like going after uh, Oscar a little bit. He was he was talking about him losing to Tito. Um, he started mocking De La Hoya and saying he won't do shit to him. Um, Oscar Oscar seemed to be like way more stoic. Like he he seemed just seemed calm about himself. Right. He didn't seem rattled by any of Mayweather's antics. Like he was prepared for it. Um, Mayweather's trying to irritate him. Yeah, I think Floyd ran into the crowd uh, and started like grandstanding during Oscar's comments, which is a little bit you know over the top. But again, it's you know it's a it's a press conference, right? Um, Oscar said he's gonna get, <laughs> he's gonna give him, he's gonna hurt him and give him something to cry about. Uh, Floyd actually shouted out Al Heyman during this. Did he? Yeah. And uh, I think towards the end, Oscar, uh, Oscar and Floyd, they they put their chests on each other, and you know they were, you know, Oscar um, Floyd started getting in his face a little bit, but um, you know, good a good lead up to the fight. Then they had their pre interview, pre fight interview on uh, on HBO. Um, Oscar was calling Mayweather a brat, and that uh, May was saying that Oscar has no personality. So a um, couple cool things that were that were highlighted during that was one was, you know, Oscar was praising Freddie Roach um, and uh, they were referencing Sugar Shane was was sparring with with uh, Oscar. And then um, they asked Floyd point blank about being a villain. And it seemed like Floyd kind of dodged it. Um, but he mentioned that, you know, everybody's got a game plan for him, but nobody's ever nobody ever beat him. That's right. Which was true. So it was kind of cool again to see that that person their personalities kind of diverging in the lead up to the fight. They did a Eleven City press tour for the fight. I mean, they don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, I think they might have done that. For, they did like a smaller version of that for the Canelo Mayweather fight, and then they also did the Mayweather McGregor. That's right. Press tour, but I mean, can you think of a fight right now that would have that? No, no, nothing. No. Maybe. Tyson Fury. I was going to say Fury and Joshua. Maybe they could maybe. do like a barnstorming tour in, in the UK or in Europe. They wouldn't be able to do that here. They wouldn't do it here. Who's going to show up? Right. Maybe Nobody. me and you if it's like in downtown LA or something, <laughs> yeah. but that's about it. Um, there was a story that Mayweather stole Oscar's training gear in his bag. You hear about yeah, this? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But I don't even, like, it's hard to kind of... How do you verify that? Yeah, how do you verify that? Um <laughs> craziness uh so a little bit more just so they're the, the way in um something cool about that tommy lasorda greets oscar backstage you know they're they're boys apparently nice uh floyd was was pretty loose oscar again like kind of stone he was he was like very very focused um this is may's first fight over 147 yeah it was 154 fight right yeah what, so what he do you came in at 150 and oscar was 154 wow um, Oscar's two inches taller and May's got two inches more of reach. But I don't know. I mean, if you're looking at him in the ring, Oscar just seems a lot bigger. Way bigger. Not like McGregor bigger. Yeah. But he definitely looked taller. Yeah. Longer. Yeah. More of a natural junior junior middleweight. Mm-hmm. You know, or Mayweather was more of like a smaller type fighter. And his power, you know, Mayweather's power didn't really travel with him the way May, the way De La Hoya's did. I think De La Hoya got a knockout at 154, and Mayweather was like, you know, winning a lot of decisions. I think his last knockout, besides McGregor, was uh, Victor Ortiz, the one where he like, referee breaks him up and he hits him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was like a freaking 
hug and then <laughs> <laughs> left right boom yeah yeah um and then uh i mean oscar looked like he could add more weight he could like his body could carry even more weight than that just with his size he looked like he was like over like 160 easy. yeah yeah, yeah. mayweather looked like he was barely hitting 150 yeah i was gonna say oscar could probably go up to like 170 oh, yeah 170 yeah yeah all right so the fight the crowd had you know a ton of celebrities in it obviously it's a huge fight uh, Mark Anthony, who at the time was J-Lo's husband, maybe, I think. They were sitting right next to each other. Hey, he sang the national anthem. Uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson was there. George Lopez. John McCain. Leo DiCaprio. Tobey Maguire. Matthew McConaughey. John Madden. John Madden. Jim Carrey. Magic Johnson. Tom Jones. Tom Jones. King Tom Jones, That's man. That's right. So uh, the walkouts were, were great. Floyd comes out in the sombrero. Red, white, and green robe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that was some kind of homage to his uh, his uncle, the Mexican assassin. It was also Cinco de Mayo. It was Cinco de Mayo. Uh, 50 Cent raps and, and walks him out. That's um, right. And then uh, Oscar came out to Ranchero music. Crowd was behind him, so at least he, he flipped the crowd in that sense. Uh, Michael Buffer does the, uh, the opening, which is always great. That was his prime. And then uh, Kenny Bayless is the ref. Any, any notes on... I'm Kenny. So Kenny Bayless is actually, uh, he's been in a lot of big fights, especially since then. And he's gotten paid the most for a fight out of any other referee in boxing history. Guess how much that is. And guess what fight it is. Oh, geez. For one fight? Yeah. A million bucks? No, dude. Not even close. <laughs> no, 25 Gs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Who's the fight? Mayweather, Del- uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he That's got it? 25 Gs, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the average uh, pay for a referee for a big pay-per-view fight, maybe not as of the last couple of years, but last time I researched it was like in the, like 2019. It's like 10 Gs a fight. Holy cow. So this main event, he probably hit about 10. Mayweather's making that every second. Yeah, the fight. Bro. Yeah, he had twenty five G's for the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Well, he—I feel like he's been in our living rooms a lot, right? Like you said, yeah. in, in some of these top fights, you'll see Kenny Bayless. So. I've had a lot of conversations with this guy, man. He told me that he works out for fights, just like he tries to train, just like a fighter would. He does a lot of cardio because he's always moving, always like alert, always you know has to make sure his mind is sharp. Like referees are so involved. I mean, they used to score fights back in the day. I mean, I'm talking like. Like in the seventies, like it was going on down, and then they used to have like former fighters being referees, like Archie Moore and stuff. Like he used to be a referee <laughs> for like a heavyweight championship fight. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy you know, used to be heavyweight champion, so you must know what the fuck's going on. You know. <laughs> <laughs> also, you don't want to get hit by a heavyweight. You know, like at least you know he could take a punch if he if he catches a straight. That's in the true too. But then you start thinking like, you put a referee in there, you want him to be neutral. Like why why would a referee think about like? scoring a fight while he's like trying to like you know make sure everyone's safe so going back to kenny bayless i mean he he told me a lot about the like psycho psychology of refereeing a fight and you know making sure that safety is number one priority and you know talking to fighters like in, in the dressing room about like you know previous injuries and things like that things to look for um you know he's a he's a in this position for a reason i mean so another thing about referees, <laughs> they have a lot. Uh, a lot of referees have uh, law enforcement backgrounds. You know, he was a correctional officer 
in um in California and Tony Weeks was a uh was also like worked in the prison. He worked in a prison like before he became a referee. That makes sense. Moving guys around, close quarters, yeah. right? You gotta handle yourself. Jack Reese, the guy referee Tyson Fury against Wilder. He was like a firefighter. He was like a chief for like twenty years and decided he wanted to be a fucking referee. Yeah. So there's a lot of like history of like like you said, like authoritarian type positions in the in the business. Yeah. So he uh so he gets the fight going. I think Roger was the last to leave the ring. May he rest in peace. Uh that's right. Points out Oscar's cup is maybe too high. <laughs> wow. So typical Roger. Um kind of stirring things up. But um so the fight gets going, right? Initial impressions. I mean, like I said, Oscar just looked a lot bigger. Oscar's trying out the body. They it seemed like they're mostly filling each other out this first round. Put a lot of pressure on him, right? Yeah. I mean, the first round, I mean, it seems like De La Hoya's pressing the whole time. And the crowd is so behind De La Hoya. Every time he throws, like, combinations, the crowd's just going wild. Yeah. Even if he doesn't hit them. Yeah. Great action, right? Going into the next couple of rounds as well. Yeah. Oscar's throwing combos. Floyd seems like he's blocking everything. Right. Against the ropes. Where, wherever the action is in the ring, he just seems like he's doing a great job. He, he's seeing every shot. Um, and then Floyd is just his usual pinpoint self. He just doesn't miss. If you watch some of this stuff in slow motion, like... Delahoy's not even hitting him. But the crowd is just going crazy, and it seems like he's doing a great job. He's just working hard. He's working hard. And he's probably wasting a lot of energy. And you know, it showed at the end of the fight. Yeah. So in in between um, in between the rounds, I, think, I want to say it was in between rounds four and five, Freddie Roach is telling Oscar to start using his jab more. Um, and everyone's worried that Oscar's going to tire out. I think even in the, the lead-up to the fight, Lampley and those guys were talking about how Oscar might tire out, right? Right. Um, I think Emmanuel Stewart's talking about Delahoya using his jab. Yeah. He's like, that's the, that's the way he's going to be most effective. And Emmanuel Stewart was awesome. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um, again, HBO guys, right? Right. Just, they, they found the best commentators. Yeah. Um, so Mayweather's clearly looking faster. Oscar looked kind of... Stiff and tight, maybe it's just because of how fast Mayweather was, but he didn't seem like he was moving at the same speed as Mayweather. It just seemed like he wanted to like tear him apart the yeah. whole time. Yeah, like he was like leading with his head. Yeah, um, Mayweather was upright, or, uh, upright, but he just seemed more like relaxed, way more relaxed. Yeah, and I'd say these these rounds are hard to score. They're hard to they're, as a viewer, it's hard to watch because again, you're you're seeing it looks like Oscar's taking the action to to Floyd, so you're like, okay, I'm going to give him more points. But then you're realizing, again, he's not really landing much. Yep. So it, it's hard, like that visual impression that you're getting versus what's actually happening in the ring and who's getting damage done, is it, it really is hard to score. It's like who's controlling the round? Yeah. Right? Is it the aggressive guy or is it the guy that's like making you miss? Yeah. Because, I mean, Floyd, we were talking about his defense the whole time. I mean, we weren't talking about his offense, you know, like in the first few rounds. However, he does catch him clean a few times. Yeah. And like I don't feel like Mayweather gets hit clean as often as Delahoya did. Yeah, like I mean, there, I'm talking like pinpoint <laughs> knee buckling Great shots. shots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you you feel like Floyd started opening up right here, like in the middle rounds. Yep, he started throwing some some combos. Um, I felt like he started just like punishing Oscar though. Came out early um, in some of the rounds and started doing work. Um, 
it seemed like Oscar was doing better work against the ropes when he was getting Floyd there. At least he could he could like throw some shots. But then Floyd would get him in the middle of the ring and just destroy him. Yeah. It seemed like every time De La Hoya would put a lot of pressure on him, back off a little bit to catch his breath, and Mayweather would come forward and just, like, connect. You know, that was the thing. He would be connecting, and you could see the punches, where De La Hoya was throwing a lot of round shots yeah. that were getting blocked, maybe, you know, hit his face but not clean. But Mayweather's fight, punches were connecting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say by the end of the eighth round, um, you could see Oscar's jab was working well for him. Right. Emmanuel Stewart even mentioned, like, at the end of the last he's like, this is a great way to close a round. Um, Get a punch in his chest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you could see that Oscar had the right game plan. It was just he kept diverting away from it. And it's, it, I mean, it's hard to say, right? We're not in the ring with him and seeing what he's seeing. But that, that jab seemed to be the key to victory for him. And it, at some point, he just kind of, like, lost it. He just got tired. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a 12-round fight. It's high intensity. And the better man won, dude. You know, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, Oscar slowed down rounds 9 and 10. By 11 and 12, Floyd just took over, picking off Oscar. It's like one shot at a time. And then... Um, Didn't show any fatigue. No. Oscar did, obviously. Um, Mayweather just started kind of like circling the ring and just taking his time with them. Right. It was it was tough to watch. Outboxed them. Yeah. 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 But it was a great fight. Yeah. In my opinion, it was uh, Floyd's most competitive fight. This yeah. one in the Pacquiao fight. Yeah. So Mayweather ends up throwing 100 less punches but lands 80 more. Huh. And uh, he threw 100 less power punches and landed 55 more. Wow. Which is insane. Um, let me give you the judges' cards, and then you give me your your score. So uh, it was a split decision. One judge had it, 115-113 De La Hoya. I think that's a stretch. I think so, any too. any sense of it. Um, one judge had it, 115-113 Mayweather, and then another judge had it, 116-112 Mayweather. Okay. Would you have it? I had it. I say, okay, so I had it uh, tied at the end of the eighth round. And, I mean, I've watched this fight many times. And the last time I watched it was I really wanted to see if De La Hoya, you know, did win the fight. So I might have given him like one or two rounds that he probably didn't win, but they were really close. So I had it tied 4-4 the last time I watched it. And then uh, the last nine rounds, 9 through 12, I gave all the Mayweather. Yeah. So I had a 116-112. Yeah. I could have... I could have had the same. I, I was 115, 113. I was probably a little bit more generous to Oscar, again, just because he was taking the action to him early on. Uh-huh. But 116, 112 is, uh, probably is a better number. Yeah, I mean... It feels, it feels right based on, again, the stats. And if you go... The more you go back and watch this fight, the more you realize how much Floyd dominated. And do you think he dominated or do you think he won? The end of the fight, he dominated. That, that last third of the fight... Yeah, he did. The championship rounds, whatever, whatever you want to call, like the, the the last two primarily, but even those those two leading up to that, he just dominated them, man. I feel like if the fight went like twenty rounds, like Mayweather would still be fine the same way. Yeah, but De La Hoya would probably get like destroyed by like round thirteen or yeah. fourteen. Yeah, you know, like Mayweather had so much energy and so much like just like ability. Whereas De La Hoya was struggling just to get to the finish line. Yeah. So who ended up better at the end? Like who looked better? It was Mayweather. Yeah. Again, so. great fight all the way around. Uh, just for context, your boy Letterman had it. 116, 112. 
So, dude, I still have friends that think Mayweather or De La Hoya won. I don't know about that. I have friends <laughs> I don't that tell me that De La Hoya fight. won that fight. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? They think I'm an idiot. No, no, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. Again, if you're if you're watching it objectively and focusing on what's going on in the ring, there's no way you could say Oscar won that fight. Oscar put up a great show. You did. Um, so the merchant interview after the fight, uh, Mayweather said he was throwing a lot but not landing, so it was easy money. Um, and and uh, that he's talking referring to, to Oscar because you know Merchant's giving him giving him the business. He's he's not taking it easy on him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said he expected some scores going Oscar's way because it was Golden Boy Promotions. Um, but he said that staying outside was a strategy. Um, Floyd retired. He confirmed that he was retiring after the fight. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said he has nothing left to prove and wanted to spend time with his children. And then he goes on to fight for what? Another 10, 10, 10 years, years, basically? Yeah. yeah. 12 years. Um, Oscar thought he won because he was pressing the fight and landing. Um, believes you have to beat the champion soundly. There is something to that. but um, And he said he realized the jab was effective, that it, it wasn't the night of the jab, whatever that means. Um. You could tell it pains Larry Merchant that Floyd won. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can feel it, huh? <laughs> uh, they they talked to Floyd Sr. after the fight. He was conflicted but feels like Oscar won since he, he threw more punches. I, I don't know. That was a that. cheap endorsement. Yeah. Uh, so post-fight, was there a rematch, Raymond? No, there was not a rematch. So they were talking about a rematch, and De La Hoya was actually preparing to fight a rematch. And they, they might have negotiated this to, like, I think it was supposed to be in September, September of, of 08. 08. At 147. At 147. And then De La Hoya had a tune-up fight against Steve Forbes in May of that year in L.A. I remember I went to that fight. It was at the uh, – you know that one place that has like a tent? Carson City? Yeah. It was at the soccer field at Carson yeah. City. Yep. It's been renamed a bunch of times now, but it's Dignity Health Sports Center. Or right, right, like right. That. Like they used to only have fights in the tennis area, but yeah. then this fight was the actual soccer field. Um, but he was preparing to fight. Uh, he didn't look good in that fight. He looked but, really sluggish. Yeah, and he looked old. He was yeah. preparing to fight Mayweather, and then Mayweather said that he was going to retire. Yeah, and didn't fight for like a year and a half. Yeah. So but De La Hoya fought Pacquiao instead and got freaking destroyed. Yeah, he got he got massacred. Yeah, and that was in '09, and that would be his last fight. No, that was the same year, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it was '08. I've got it. I think it was in the spring of 09. Because his fight with... Uh, I don't know when his fight with Forbes was. That was spring of 08. That might have been... Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Either but way, his, his last fight was, was Pacquiao, Pacquiao. And yeah. that was it. All right, Rim. So who had the better legacy? Oscar had $700 million in revenues for his fights. Started Golden Boy. Um... You know, obviously the impact that he had carrying the sport, I'd say he was the best pound for pound fighter for at least a couple years in the sport. Right. Um obviously become a businessman. He's he's had some issues though, you know, outside the ring or outside his, his promotional work, his his business work, um, some rehab stints and, and whatnot. Um started dipping into MMA, I think, promoting MMA too. He did a little bit. With like Chuck Liddell Chuck and Tito Liddell. Ortiz. Yeah. So um I don't know. I mean, if you look at his his full body of work and and what he's done, um, where like what would you say Oscar's legacy is? Well, when you think about boxing, his legacy in in the ring 
was that he fought everyone and didn't shy away from a challenge and created like exciting events. I mean, he was like the star of boxing. You know, the Mike Tyson, like you said, and Holyfield and these guys were, they were around. However, he was like this lightweight guy that was like super exciting and everybody loved. He was a crossover star. Um, when you talk about his business side of it, I feel like Mayweather kind of followed De La Hoya's formula. The business like aspect where like he wanted to be a promoter and, you know, built himself up outside of the sport and he kind of did it better. You know, uh, De La Hoya wasn't... I got to agree with that. Yeah. De La Hoya, you know, he he had a lot of pitfalls when, when people started figuring out that, you know, he's not the guy kind of running the show. Richard Schaefer was. And, you know, we had a lot of issues, like personal issues that Mayweather never... Like, actually, Mayweather had his personal issues. No, he too. did for sure. Yeah. But, but it's like Golden Boy was supposed to be his legacy and it's like what's left the Golden Boy now. Right. It's like he has Ryan Garcia as a fighter, and Ryan Garcia doesn't even want to be with him anymore. Yeah. I mean, Mayweather doesn't have many fighters either, though. I mean, he has Tank Davis. But Mayweather's name, I mean, you can't argue. It's hard for, for me to argue that De La Hoya's legacy is stronger than Mayweather's. Yeah. Because Mayweather's considered, like, the best ever. I think Mayweather's, or one of. Mayweather's boxing, his career continued on for, for obviously, years and years, right? Um he, like you, I think you mentioned earlier, he fought Ricky Hatton, he fought Juan, Juan Manuel Marquez, Victor Ortiz, um, the Maidana fights, he had the Canelo fight, right? So he, he had so many other fights, Pacquiao. Right. Um, and then the Connor fight, he's had exhibition. So he's he's just been kind of on the tip of our tongues and at the at the like forefront, like on the front burner, versus Oscar's just kind of like kept moving further and further away. Yes. And, dude, I mean, going back to our previous conversation, it seems like Mayweather is still the biggest star in boxing, but even though he's been retired for God knows how long. I will say the one – the one I won't call it a stain. That, that might be too harsh. But I feel like the decline in the popularity of boxing has, has at least coincidentally uh, run along with Mayweather's oh, rise. Big time. Right? Big time. Yeah. It's like Mayweather rose and then boxing just started to the, the popularity of the sport. I mean now you've got, you know, these like TikTok stars and stuff like that that are boxing that are that are bigger names than anybody that's getting in the ring. Well it got that way because he turned it in he focused so much on the business side of it. Mayweather wasn't about like, oh, I'm the best fighter and I'm going to beat the best guy at their highest point. You know, he he's shied away from the Pacquiao fight for all pretty much five years. And he became this like businessman that was a boxer, and he's a money man. And the promoters aren't really running what Mayweather is doing. Whereas the La Jolla era and previous eras, the promoters were kind of like building up these fighters, and then uh, it was like a revolving door of the next young guy coming up. Mayweather never let the next young guy come up, so the, it really hurt the sport. The Mayweather era, like very true, like honestly hurt the sport a lot. It's almost like the old guy's got to take that fall for the next guy to come up and, and and hold that. But but there's a lot of guys now that are kind of that, – that have that same recipe, right? I mean, we want to see – there's a lot of fights that we want to see that we just haven't seen yet, right? Well, who would they learn that from? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, they learned that from Mayweather. Yeah. Dude. You know, it's just – it's guys dancing around each other instead of, instead of getting it going. Yeah. It's just like – it's really, really uh, unfortunate – 
and it did hurt the sport like financially. It, like, did it hurt the sport? Like, we didn't have as many stars anymore. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, the heavyweight era sucked. Like, who the hell were the heavyweights besides the Klitschko's? Yeah, yeah, you know, was, we've, I, we've covered that. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no disrespect, but you know, there there wasn't that many heavyweights fighting back then. Yeah. Yeah, and, we didn't have we didn't have many fights to look forward to for a long time. Right, we were hoping we we're just talking. I was just waiting for the post fight press conference, dude. When Mayweather was fighting against certain guys, I was like, "Oh shit, I can't wait to see what he says." Or, yeah, can't wait to see what Pacquiao says after he beats so and so. Yeah, is he gonna fight Mayweather or not? It's just like fuck. Yeah, and it's it's tough because what what taints Oscar's boxing career is that he had losses to guys like Mosley and and Trinidad. Right. That that because uh, he was fighting those guys at the exact peak of all of their powers. Yes. Versus Floyd didn't do that. Yes. And it's it's like, well, can we really judge Oscar that harshly if he took those fights and he put himself in the ring and he he had some great wins too? It's not like he, it was just all losses. Um, some of those fights were really close. I mean, they could have potentially gone one way or the other. Yeah. Versus Mayweather was like, I'm only taking the fights when I want to, when it makes sense on my timetable. Against who I want to fight. Exactly. Yeah, my weight class and this and that. I mean, he was the boss. I mean, he was like the main man. And I'm sure, you know, De La Hoya had some of that too. But he did challenge himself against like undefeated, top-level, pound-for-pound dudes at their peak. Where Mayweather, I mean, I could, you know, when after he beat De La Hoya, like did he fight a top five pound-for-pound guy at his peak? I don't know if he did. Yeah, very true. That sucks, man. Yeah, it does. It does. I'm trying to think. Did he? I don't. Canelo, now he's young. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this might have been his best, his hardest opponent. This might have been it. it. Might have been it. And, but like, people don't don't even think about it this hard. Yeah. No one's saying like, oh man, like they, they'll say it, but they won't be like breaking it down and. Looking at his previous opponents and who those guys fought at what point in their careers. Like, he fought Cotto after he lost to Pacquiao, you know, um, and lost to Margarito. Fought Mosley when he was, like, 40. <laughs> you know? Canelo yeah. when he was, like, 22 and shit. Yeah. It sucks, dude. It really does. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, he's still the man. Like, so the, Okay, so where, where does that put these two in terms of the all-time greats then? <sighs> man... Once again, like I can't, I can't argue that De La Hoya is better than Mayweather as an all-time great. It's right. like you can't. I right. mean, we'll talk about resumes and this and that, but you know, he's. I think De La Hoya was one of the greats. Um, you know, he goes down as a Hall of Fame, like a, a legendary fighter. However, Mayweather's in the argument is one of the best ever. Just the way he handles himself, the way he handles himself in the ring. I mean, we there's like studies on punches that landed on him and shit like just like a few punches like over the last like 20 years that landed cleanly on him and wobbled him um so i mean mayweather's up there is one of the best ever i don't think he's the best ever just because like maybe a little bit of bias but yeah you got Roy Jones above him i love Roy Jones. okay there you yeah go. <laughs> clear bias from Raven. yeah <laughs> All right, so so let's um, – that could be a whole other podcast in yeah. itself. It was the greatest. It's like a series. Um, all right, so who won the fight? 
obviously Floyd won the fight in the ring, but right. money team. Uh, Floyd won the fight. He won the event. Freddie Roach. I'm just gonna throw some other guys. You know, some some other possible. There's folks. no one else in my opinion that could have won this fight. You know, uh, Delahoy had a great showing. Yeah. You know, um, but this was like if Mayweather did not win this fight, you know, officially win, we would be he'd be gone. Yeah, it'd be he. We wouldn't be talking about him this much. Yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be tough if you if you rewrite history and put this as a loss for Floyd. Yeah. Where does he go from here? Right? Does right. he just become another, you know, really good guy that we think about back in the day? Right? Like, is he at the level of Trinidad or is he at the level level of Mosley or somebody like that? He'd be right? like a Mosley. That's who he would be. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane to think how pivotal this this fight was. And you know, it could have easily been that if one of the scorecards was different. I mean, yeah. 115, 113 yeah. for Mayweather. Yeah, one round. One round would have made it a yeah. draw. Jeez. Yeah. So. On a scale of 1 to 10. I gave it an 8.3. Wow. I couldn't I couldn't give it a 9 or a 10. <laughs> How the hell did you come up with that? <laughs> Man, I was thinking about it. Like, it's probably like a B, B minus fight. Okay, why? I thought it was really, I thought it was entertaining. The build up to it was really good. Um, I think had Oscar not tired out, uh-huh. and it could have been like the end of the fight could have been a little bit more evenly matched. Uh-huh. It just tailed off at the end. Where not not saying their performance like the the entertainment value was was that bad, but it was just just tough to watch. Really? Yeah. Floyd just picking them off one shot at a time. What about the event? Like, do you, you categorize that at all in your eight point three? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you maybe it could be a little bit higher just because of like the. The pomp and circumstance leading up to the fight, right? The like you said, the press conference tours and the twenty four seven and all that. Right. The twenty four seven for me was like a ten out of ten. That was just agreed, amazing. Yeah, um, I think that the action towards the end of the fight could have been a little bit better had it been more evenly matched. You know, these guys have been like slugging it out the last like two three rounds, um, and it was a little bit more evenly matched. I'd be like, all right, cool. This is this is like a top ten fight. I I rated a little bit well, a little higher than that. Go ahead. Like, I feel it. like. This event was the first event of the 21st century in boxing that in fight sports, really, that, you know, I honestly, I feel like it changed fight sports. Like, you know, they had the 24 sevens, they had all this media attention. It had the Sports Illustrated cover, like you said. Uh, it, it introduced us to Mayweather, you know, in, this, in the social, I guess, the general sports fan arena. Um I put it up there as like a 9.5-ish, 9.6. Okay. I don't really think about the fight. Right. I think about the event. You know, um, I just think about how much it meant to the sport. And when I think back and when I watch it, I, I get excited, dude. I'm like, damn, this is sick. Like, it's very convincing, yeah. Raymond. It's very convincing. All right. I mean, I could bump it up to a 9. Thank you. Let's say that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, until next time, Raymond. All right. Sounds good.